True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network. This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. Guys, I'm here in the On Air Brand Studio with my two guests, Irve and Matt. Guys, join. thank you for joining me today. Oh, we can high five oh or fist bump yeah, or whatever you want. Yeah, it was a good try. It was a good try. It was. It was. It was. Well, it's awesome being here, Justin. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Uh, uh, we've been Very trying excited. to do this for a while. Yes. Trying to trying to get you guys in the studio. Listen, this is a really big episode because uh, this year has been going great for True Multifamily. I'm so appreciative of all of our listeners and watchers. If you're now watching us on YouTube, and uh, listen. You guys are are the team, right? You're part of our team here, and uh, We're the I team. wanted Justin's to. Justin's here to just watch the. I'm just here to facilitate, man. <laughs> exactly. I'm just the host on this one. That's right. But what I wanted to do was bring in for our listeners the guys that I work with on a daily basis. Matt, Irve, we have some other team members. They didn't want to come on the show. That's okay. I'm <laughs> no, not offended. No, 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 they, said, they said, "Forget those guys." That's, That's fine. Go on the by myself. Yeah. That's the invisible part of the team. <laughs> But uh, uh, these guys will have to do. So so you guys are stuck with Matt Nerve here. But uh, listen, if you're watching on the show, we've got a few treats here. We got some some nice whiskey that uh, that Matt brought in for us, and we're having a little Real treat here. A quick shout out, Dennis Shapiro, one yeah. of our investors and one of our insiders members, brought shout this in as Dennis. a thank you uh, for coming to join us during one of our team meetings a couple weeks ago, and um, he brought us in a nice bottle of scotch, and it now lives in my office, and it's a nice top off to what, what I think was a phenomenal team meeting. That that we have on a weekly basis. Yes. Um, and uh, Justin uh, Hornswoggle us to say, I've got some scotch for you. And before I know it, I'm sitting in front of a microphone. That's it. You know, yeah. that's the trick, guys. If you're looking yeah. to get Matt on a podcast show, just give him a little Spring bit of booze. <laughs> that's it. That's all you know. A little bit of booze will do the trick. The secret sauce. It doesn't take much. I'll tell you the world's secrets. Real simple. Real simple. I think you guys are in for a good show. As you can tell, none of us like each other, right? No. Once you get the truth serum flowing, anything can happen. That's right. It's going to happen. That's right. Um, So, you guys, Matt's been on the show twice, Uh, so our listeners probably know Matt already, but I'm going to have Matt, I'm going to have you do a quick, please, interview, uh, introduction, and Irve uh, is actually coming up on a very episode very soon, so you guys will hear that uh, coming to you in the next few weeks, so... Uh, so Matt, exciting. take it away. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. So, uh, Matt Faircloth, I've been a full-time real estate investor since 2005. Uh, my wife and I started the DeRosa Group, um, which is a real estate investment company focusing mostly on residential real estate. Um, and we've had a phenomenal journey, man. We've done a lot of fix and flips. We've done a lot of rentals. Um, and over the years, uh, we've slowly got grown our portfolio and gotten ourselves into larger and larger assets, including um, you know adding onto our team and bringing in great folks like Hervé Francois and yourself, Justin Fraser, to kind of work alongside us at the DeRosa Group uh, as partners uh, with us. So um, I am, uh, I'm, I'm grateful. My, my, my primary function with DeRosa is being the mouthpiece, the mouth, the mouth, mouth Are you doing a good job of it today? Of the organization. <laughs> Cheers to that. Hello. Right. The mouthpiece of the organization through our YouTube channel um, and on, on podcasts and, and just kind of leading the team and, and uh, keeping everything positive and also working with most of our investors uh, with our uh, investor relations manager. So, 
Great. That's me. It's what I do. That's that was a good my story. Good one minute summary, man. I there appreciate that. Yeah, I know. Justin was yeah. a little worried. I was nervous. That'd be the go. whole show. That, that might be it. Come on, man. <laughs> 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 Still going, huh? Pour the another best show ever. Pour another drink. Oh. All right. All right, everybody. Let it. Let the audience know who you are. All what right, you Justin. Thanks very much. And again, thank you for having me on the show today. Yes. I'm so excited, and it's always so fun to be here on a Wednesday with you guys as we come every week just to. Talk shop, big picture real estate, where we're doing today and what we're doing tomorrow and over the next uh, few years, uh, God willing. But um, Irving Francois, recovering Wall Street veteran of 23 years, <laughs> um, but but all, all good things, all good things. I got into the real estate business in earnest about three years ago. Actually, yes, it was um, three years ago. And um, start off like a lot of uh, uh, real estate investors, individual f- uh, flipping, uh, fix and flips, um, met these guys at our local RIA meetings in uh, Prince in New Jersey. Um, and we just kind of like um, hit it off, started talking shop and, you know, interest what we're doing and how we're anything, um, interested about growing. And um, conversation with Matt um, took that a little bit more, looking for someone really to kind of identify the markets that he wanted to really um, expand um, the portfolio of the multifamily properties that belong to DeRosa. I was really attracted, um, not as much to that as much as to Transforming lives through real estate. Yeah, uh, it, it just means everything to me. Um, and then within that, you know, becoming an acquisition manager has been um, a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of hard work, but um, a lot of fun. Been learning a lot. Um, I like to believe I've been uh, adding value to the team um, in some of the markets and properties that I've been introducing to the team um, and, and growing from there. Um, and kind of like Justin alluded to. Uh, you know, uh, started off a uh, market hunter Thursdays was Irvays a few weeks ago, where every Thursday around 12 o'clock, um, we invite a guest speaker from a different market from around the country and we talk everything real estate. And so, so far, we've done Lexington, Kentucky, we've done Anchorage, Alaska, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and tomorrow, Memphis, Tennessee. So, we're pumped awesome. up. That's awesome. Yeah, really yeah, cool yeah, yeah. stuff. So, I appreciate you guys and all the support. So, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining the team. Absolutely. And so the, the reason I wanted you guys here is, you know, we just are coming off a huge acquisition, a huge win for us as a team. And I wanted just to dig in on the whole team aspect, you know, how we all work together, what each of us bring. Matt, I don't think we've talked about the four seats on the bus uh, nope. on this show, so I want to get into that sure. a little bit. Um, but Irve, you, you hit on something that I think is the foundation of why we're all here, which is the the slogan or tagline for DeRosa Group, transforming lives through real estate. So Matt, can you talk to us sure. about where that came from and, and what that means in the context of what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. So we were, the, the original, um, call it tagline or mantra for DeRosa Group, when, when we first got started, uh, we were primarily uh, in, investing in Trenton. Um, and I still believe this, uh, that, uh, that urban America is, is a great place to make a difference as a company. Um, and it's a great place to, it's, it's, uh, it's a part of America that, that is the most opportune for redevelopment. Um, it's the part of America that's the most opportune for, to, to make that, that, that dollars make a bigger difference in, in when invested in, you know, in, in capital and urban environments. So the original mantra for the company was revitalizing urban America. Right. Um, when we first got started, so 2005 through 2010, 11. Right. Um, and and for for the beginning, in a company that did a lot of its work in Trenton, New Jersey, uh, that made sense. Right. But as we grew and expanded, more and more people became aware of what we're doing. More investors came in and were like, "Hey, we love it. Trenton's maybe not for me, but maybe something else." Um, 
And so we've always wanted to make a difference, Liz and I have, right? And so we saw, okay, we are investing in Trenton and we're making a difference there. But as we started to step outside of Trenton, we're like, okay, we don't want to be inauthentic to our brand and start doing deals in, in non-downtown urban cores. Um, but uh, we wanted to, to have a brand that matched where our company was going. Um, and we've always wanted to make a difference. And it, I thought about it a lot. And we thought about like, you know, we want to, we, we, we've thought about, you know, making a difference in what real estate does and real estate touches a lot of people, tenants, investors, employees, um, people around it, people that live in it and everything like that. It's, it is a part of everyone's life. Primarily residential real estate is a part of everyone's life, right? Whether you're flipping houses or leasing or whatever. And so we decided that transforming lives through real estate. I remember sitting around my dining room table, masterminding with Liz and, uh, and a few other people. And it just kind of like came out in snippets right there. Like she said, transforming and somebody else said lives. Uh, and I finished it off with through real estate. And it just kind of like came out in, in syllables, uh, that way. And, um, it's, it's been something that immediately is, is one of those things where as soon as you say it, it was like naming a child, like, Oh yeah, of course this, that's the, that's it. Right. That's what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it spoke to why we do what we do, um, because it's beyond making money. It's beyond making a great IRR, which we do, but that benefits our investors and helps them reach their financial goals. But we also, as you know, are, are committed to putting in things that make people's lives better in our complexes. I mean, yes, it's arguable to putting in playgrounds uh, and things like that at our complexes um, puts some money back in our pocket, but it also, more importantly than everything else, makes people's lives better. That mm-hmm. they get that safety of and, and knowing that there's a place for their kids to go play right down the street from where they live, you know, in their complex. And it just warms my heart knowing I can provide that as, as part of what we do for a complex. And also, yeah, it makes the complex more sticky. It makes people not want to move and everything mm-hmm. like that. But um, when I look at things that way, from a transforming lives through real estate standpoint, it, it enables us to say yes or no to deals. And, um, in that, so that, that's where it came from. And that's, and it just, the more I, you know, talk about it, the more I'm, the more I re, it just reinforces that that's what we're all about. And, yeah. you know, we just, we as a team just want to make it bigger. And it's, it's really inspiring to know that people like our teammates here <laughs> are, uh, inspired by it too, because yeah. I feel like it's, it's a torch that's now become bigger than me and Liz. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a flag that's now being carried up the hill by a lot of people, including mm-hmm. our investors. Mm-hmm. They get it. And they're, they're, there's folks that have invested with us just because, Hey, you know, yeah, I want a great return on my money, but I also want to make a difference too. You know, I don't make yeah. money while I make a difference, right? And that's what DeRose is really, that's, what, that's what's behind it, mm-hmm. is making an impact on the world and a mm-hmm. positive impact while we make a great return too. Right. So. And so so the, the physical manifestation of that, you know, when we're building on a business plan for Diamond Ridge, which we just closed on, you know, that, that comes in the form of, okay, we're going to invest in things like playgrounds, as you said. Yep. We're going to invest in safety and security, paying yep. for extra police patrols, encouraging uh, tenants that we don't want to be there. We're going to encourage them to get out of there if we have to pay them to leave. Uh, we're yep. going to um, invest in lighting and safety and take care of all those things that actually make people's lives a little bit better each and every day. Yep. Um, and a really great thing that we're rolling out on this project is the uh, Dave Ramsey course that we're actually going to be giving to all of our tenants, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, when we first talked about it, it's like, it's a no-brainer if it's exactly in the mantra of transforming lives. We want our tenants to be better financial stewards. We want our tenants to have the tools that they need to be able to make a budget, pay their bills. And yeah. it's such an easy 
uh, idea and philosophy to get behind. And, you know, then then we can go and build a budget around it. And, mm-hmm. and, and that makes for an overall better complex. It's great for our investors, you know, not only on the return side, but like you said, somebody wants to invest their money in, in a project they feel like is doing some good, too. Sure. And don't get me wrong. It's not like we're, we're a partial not-for-profit that we're no. just in, in line to go out there and just, you know, and, and just, you know, be do-gooders, right? At the end of the day, when you make a complex, you know, safe and and uh, and secure and nice and clean um, and a place that people are proud to call home versus just a place that they're staying, it's a place they call home, right? It, once you do that, it does uh, eliminate the biggest downfall that you have to income, which is vacancy, mm-hmm. right? And it makes people want to stay and maybe they're willing to pay your rent increases if they can afford it, you know, and and, and, um, and maybe they're, they're willing to stay and raise their family in your complex, which is a win-win because they want to stay um, and they want to build their family in your complex and it benefits you and your investors, it benefits the staff, it benefits them too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's creating, it's really about, you know, the seven habits. It's about, it's about win-win, right? And creating win-win with tenants instead of like saying, well, I'm not going to um, build that apartment, that uh, that playground, because it's going to cost me 15 grand. And so that's a lose for my investors. Maybe a win for the tenants. But if you look at it from a win-win perspective, and we tend to look at all things real estate from win-win, um, then you realize the more I make my tenants win from a lifestyle perspective, the more I win because they're going to want to stay and be in situations that they get the landlord cares about them and gives them amenities that make life better for them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's, you know, that's a a great way to do business and and it's Mm -hmm. our niche that has worked for us and it's something that we're going to continue to do. Right. So let's um, let's peel back a little bit and talk about, you know, the the team structure a little bit, because it's not something that too many shows get too far into the weeds on. You know, Irve has a very different role than myself, than Matt, than our underwriter. We call the brain. So, (laughs) Matt, uh, start us from the top. And because I know you've given many talks on this, the, the four seats on the bus. Yes. what they are sort of how how they all work together sure well a, a lot of one-off real and then i was this real estate investor too where it was like you know in some ways my wife and i but also just me for a lot of it uh, a lot of real estate investors try and be the jack of all trades of of everything in real estate right like they're going to go find deals collect rent um or maybe have a property manager but that, that does some things but everything else they do right mm-hmm. um and you see that in a lot of small single family portfolios uh you know that maybe scale up to 100 200 doors right but any multifamily uh, company that you see that has a lot of real estate under contract or under ownership, they really they really are, are scaled out in different into different divisions of the company. And those divisions are something that I, I looked at larger companies. I'm like, okay, how are they structured? And so I studied that, and I said, okay, I want to emulate that on our you know smaller company, mm-hmm. right? Um, so those divisions are the acquisitions department, the folks that are going out there finding opportunities, doing market research, kicking doors in, finding you know what's the next thing where's the where's the wave going where's the bubble about to go for for development right um and I call that the hunter. Like mm-hmm. that's the first seat on the bus, and that's really the first domino to fall because you got to find the market. Um, and find and that just a small comment to that is 
a real any most successful real estate companies that I know are focused on specific markets. They're not just oh, we're investing anywhere in the fifth in the continental <laughs> U.S. Right? Um, I've met people that have said that. Oh, I'll go where the deal is. Yeah, well, you, you'll be scattered, mm-hmm. and, and that and, and that. So I think that the most successful real estate companies I know of are drilled into a specific, a few specific geographic markets. Um, we are, and and I attribute that to to Irve, our hunter, uh, to identifying and and then infiltrating those markets. To, to infiltrate broker relationships and dig deep in to make ourselves known. And that's how we just closed our big Winston-Salem deal because mm-hmm. Hervé has been, you know, going researching Winston-Salem and, and doing his market research there and uh, relationship building for over a year, right? Yep. Um, so that's the first seat, right? The, do, you, do you want to talk about each one or do you no, want to? No, because we've had, we've had and we'll have full episodes on all of that. Yep. So we're going to have Hervé come on and really dig in on, on all of that. The market side. questions for you. But okay. um, yeah, I mean, just one one before we move on, Hervé, is since we're talking about the acquisition side, I mean, is this what you always wanted when you were a little boy, you know, thinking, man, one day I'm going to grow up and go go hunt properties with yeah, the DeRosa Group? <laughs> Are already uh, uh, doing uh, what uh, doing uh, we're little boys. Uh, uh, I think only firefighters are doing uh, what they want to do. Firefighters, I want to fly your F-15 jets, man. Me yeah. too. Ooh. Did you really? Uh, nice. I want to fly F-15 Top Gun. Thanks to yeah. Top Gun. I Top Gun will do all that yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. But yeah. if someone told me I don't have 20-20 eyesight, you know, so <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Like, i got to drive a bus now. So so, but, so I guess really more pointedly, you know, how do you go from, from being on Wall Street? I know you've got a real estate portfolio <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so you start doing real estate on, on your own. Yep. Um, how do you, what makes you think, man, I, I hear this mission from Matt, you know, transforming lives. I, I should go try to join that team. I should be a part of something bigger. Talk, talk to us about that. Yes. I, you know, listen, before I met you guys at these RIA meetings, I was that person, right? Trying to do it all by myself. And you're yeah. going to find that a lot within a lot of individual investors first getting involved. You know, I didn't have the capitals, you know, start bringing people on whether, you know, base salary or hourly or anything else like that. I was looking for deals. I was financing deals. I was partnering up. I was, um, I wasn't doing a lot of managing because I definitely don't know how to manage <laughs> that stuff. But you know, the, but but finding deals and financing, and so and it was a lot. And so you know, I, I it helped me kind of uh, um, you know with, with, within my climb into real estate. It helped me kind of step back and have me reassess exactly how do I want to approach this. A lot of folks don't know how to approach it. You know, they they start with the fixing the flips and then move on small multifamily, medium size, and larger, and so on and so forth. But you know, that's a steep, steep um, climb. And I knew that was something I was not going to be able to do by myself. So, I mean, let's be real. What, 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 when I met Matt, when I met you, you know, at these re meetings and we started talking more and more, you know, in my mindset, I'm like, you know, Herbie, this could be a plug and play for you. Mm. Right. I mean, these guys, they are set up, they have the, they have the infrastructure. Um, they have some nice assets they're still growing. They're still committed. Um, they're local, obviously, yeah. you know, being at the RIA meetings. Um, and then it, it goes back to the transforming lives of the real estates because I looked at other real estate investment groups. I wasn't interviewing with anybody, um, but it was when I started meeting with you guys and it was at the same time I was doing the assessment of how did I want to kind of build my own business. And I'm still going to do a few small things on the side, but um, being part of this team, it, it excites me, mm. right? Because um, I'm... I'm in maybe not necessarily at the ground level because Matt, you've been doing DeRosa for, you know, 15 plus years now and everything like that. Um, but definitely at, um, you know, 
I think, rounding second base in regards to where we're going with the multifamily portfolio of mm-hmm. DeRosa. And I'd like to be at that cusp right there. And um, it's fun. It's fun for me to be out there assessing markets, developing relationships with brokers, um, speaking with our underwriters, speaking with you guys. Hey, guys, I found some, you know, um, and, and so on and so forth. So it's been very inspirational for me. It's been very educational for me. Um, it's been very stimulating. I kind of feel reinvigorated. Um, I love the fact that we kind of all view ourselves as partners, as equal partners. I think we respect one another's um, uh, ideas and opinions. Um, I, I don't respect Justin's. No, um, no but I mean, of course not. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> Woo! Getting zinged on my own yeah. show, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, wow. You, just, you know, well, I knew Justin's it was coming. Just kind yeah. of in one ear and out the other. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, but, but, you know, and then we have, you know, share a few good mm. drinks with one another. Yep. Yep, um, yep, yep. So it wasn't only transforming lives, but it was, you know, you know, bourbon, Lexington, Kentucky. Mm, I mean, how can right. you turn that it's down? The team, right? right. The, really, the team and what we do for the fun. The team and right? what we do. Yeah, so yeah. we got the barbecue in North Carolina. We yeah. got the bourbon in Lexington. <laughs> we know how we decide this to is true. choose yeah. the We markets. can only buy property in markets that have good food or good booze. And yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. right. That's the priority. <laughs> how I choose. My wife wants us to buy in Nashville just so she can go, just so we can go and, and enjoy and, and nothing wrong uh, with that. Growing city, uh, but, but yes. also a great Stood market to go and have fun. Go find us a property. Nashville's next. Okay. Well, I, you know, I think that one thing Irvi you mentioned is that um, we're all partners, and so when I talk to people about this, oh, you work for Matt, or you, you know, <laughs> I'm like yeah, we all work together. Yes, certainly Matt is the the leader of this ship, or um, our our captain, I would say. But uh, the great thing about what we're building here as a group is that we are all partners on all of our deals. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. you know, we are, and we even said it today. By the way, we're here on a Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we've been getting together, even mm-hmm. through COVID, now masked up and all that. And we uh, we get together and have team meetings, and and it's been very very productive. Yeah, and yeah. even even in a comment today, someone said, "Yeah, you know, we're all partners. We we've all got a, a stake in this, and and that I think is encouraging all of us to really run businesses within the collective business. And that's sort of how I talk about the asset management that I do. Yeah. And I know that's what you're doing, right? Yeah, and yeah. and so if you like, if I got to bring on an employee to help me with my asset management, you know, I'm running an asset management business, so that's I right. I'll do what I need to do right. to to do that, yeah. right? And so the economics have to work." And I have to figure that out. But together, all four of us uh, and and our support team are very, very powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's working yeah, yeah, out no, really absolutely, nicely. Absolutely. absolutely um, no. And I think more, you know, obviously you have to have an entrepreneurial mindset for that because not many people would say, yeah, Matt, I'll come look for deals with the DeRosa group and, you know, not get paid for, for six, nine, 12 months, however, yeah. however long yeah, it takes yeah, to find yeah, a deal, yeah, right? Yeah, Someone's going to. for over a year, yeah, I think. And that, yeah, this, I mean, everybody just landed his first deal with us, right. you yeah, know, um, in that. So yeah, I, yes. I've, I have been, an, I have been an employer. Uh, before I used to have 13. I, I don't know if you guys know. I, I've talked to you guys, but I don't know if you know the full history. Yeah, we, and we don't have to go here now. But the the Derosa Group's been uh, a few different things since it was inceptioned in in 2005. We were not always let's go syndicate apartment buildings. Yeah. You know, right, right, right. Um, we were a property management company and a construction company uh, for a while. And uh, I had a bunch of employees, and I realized that I am a horrible boss. I'm a great leader, but I'm a terrible boss. I'm going to write that down for a quote. Uh, <laughs> I'm a horrible yeah. boss. Got it. Yeah, right, 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 right. Write that down for a good quote. <laughs> right. I really, I, I mean, I'm a great business partner, and I'm a good leader and motivator and cheerleader and director of where things are going to go. But 
I'm just tutor nice to be a boss boss mm. or to have employees mm. per se, but I'm a great teammate and I'm a great leader of a collaborative team that has a survey setter, but it feels like they've got a voice and a say at the table where yeah. it's not just like yes sir, no sir kind of right. thing. Right. I don't really do that very well, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I prefer the team model for real estate syndications. And I know there's folks out there that do more of an employee type of, type of look uh, for what they do so they can retain a lot of the equity themselves. I, I kind of like winding people, I, putting the, putting great people in the seats on the bus and then winding them up and letting them go, right? I mean, Irvay, 20 years worth of Wall Street experience of analyzing companies, I, I think he probably could go analyze a bunch of markets and tell me which ones floats to the top, right? Yeah. Instead of me saying like, okay, hey, Irvay, go collect a bunch of data on Knoxville, then go take it and put it in the spreadsheet, go research this, <laughs> whatever. And he goes and puts together phenomenal analysis mm -hmm. for, uh, for, for deals, and he also knows how to sell and all that. So he's a great acquisitions uh, specialist for our team. And I can just point him in a direction and let him go. And I know that as a, on a partner model, he cares as much as I do. Mm -hmm. Whereas I hate to say this and I'm not knocking any employees that are out there listening, but employees will never care about a, a company, company yeah, as yeah. much as an owner Correct. does, That's you true. know? And I think that I'm great at instilling compassion within people. But when I had 13 employees, I was, I cared the most at, mm -hmm. in the room. Yeah. But I think that the three of us have the same level of concern and level of compassion and level of desire and love for the company as I do, even yeah. though it's, I'm the one that named it. It's all our baby now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and I think that's why I love the partner model for what we do. And I think that it's imperative for the four seats on the bus to all have some equity and ownership in what it is we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's a great transition back to the rest of the seats. So we sure. covered acquisition. Yep. Uh, what's next? Yeah, the, the, well, okay, so you've the acquisitions manager chooses a market or markets, uh, drills in, uh, builds the relationships, and eventually, hopefully, if they do what they're supposed to be doing, they produce some opportunities, right? right. Um, like, hey, this deal here, this 100-unit apartment complex, off the market, on the market, whatever. Um, and so they go and gather the data that's there, um, and they typically work hand-in-hand -hand with an analyst, right? And the analyst and is, the, is what some firms that have it in-house call an underwriter, right? Um, and an underwriter goes and, and just crunches that data and puts the deal in a headlock and doesn't let it out until a business plan spits out, right? Or we just can't do this deal, you know, whatever right. it is. Um, and the analyst knows two things. The analyst kind of on one side of the equation has the rate of return that investors want to see because what it really goes, that's really comes back to investors or just the, the rate of return the company wants to produce, whether that's for investors or for itself, right? So we want to see these results financially from the deal. That's on one side. The other side of the equation is the facts, right? right. And that's the, the the market manager analyst or market manager, uh, you know, uh, acquisitions managers helping produce that saying, okay, well, I think rents are going to be this. And I think that, you know, we really should acquire somewhere in this range. And the, the broker is saying that this is what the property is going to trade for. Da, 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 da. So, the, the analyst is there to make sense of all that data. Again, what's on the left and what's on the right and making a meet in the middle with a business plan to say, okay, if I take all of these things that I know to be true and what the company wants on the right-hand side, and if I can make that meet in the middle, I can create a business plan that says, okay, if we acquire for this number and we invest X amount of dollars per unit, I believe we can get X amount of dollars out of those units and rent increases. And if we stabilize by addressing a bunch of deferred maintenance, blah, 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 blah. so they develop a capitalization plan, they develop a, um, 
you know, in a, a rental improvement plan, uh, you know, in an underwriting model, really. I mean, but it, but in all sense, and some people just call it dollars and cents, but it's not. It's really a full business plan and a path to success mm-hmm. for that property. Um, and it, it sounds very elegant, but our underwriter, um, I mean, he told me a few weeks ago that his plan was to underwrite 40 deals yeah. by the end of the year. He told me that right? yesterday. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of crunching that happens right. to that, that turns into nothing as an underwriter. So it's very important to have an underwriter that's tenacious and patient and willing to, and, and willing to get in and keep trying and, and trying this again. Okay. It didn't work. It didn't work. Just keep trying it. Keep trying it. And willing to underwrite 40 deals yeah. to, to, to literally find that needle in the haystack, absolutely. you know, absolutely. Um, and not lose any enthusiasm. Mm, right. Yeah, um, and also be willing to, to maybe, you know, live in a spreadsheet all day. No, that, that sounds like torture to me. Yeah. That sounds like, yeah. you know, that, that sounds like what hell would be like for Matt, you know, Matt in right. a spreadsheet all day long. Okay, great. Right. Um, but that, that's the brain. <laughs> that's not the, your happy place. It's not my happy place. Not my happy I place. call the, I call that seat on the bus, the brain. So you got the hunter and the brain. Uh, those are, those are two seats right there. Yep. Uh, I'll just knock through the rest of them. Do it. Um, the next one is what I do. I mean, aside from being the captain of the ship, and one of these four seats has to be the driver of the ship. You cannot have a, you know, like all four, all four folks, you know, 25%. Uh, somebody has to be the, because it's got to flow to somebody to make decisions, right? To make a final, okay, this is what you go. Um, so in, in our company, me being the money, I'm the I'm the decision maker. Other companies have other, uh, you know, have other other folks that are driving the, driving the bus, but sometimes it's the money, sometimes it's others, right? So for for me, for our team, I'm the driver of the bus, but I'm also the money, which means that the money is the one that gets in the middle of the negotiation of the debt on the property to make sure that the that the underwriter gets and the, the brain gets the debt that they want. So they kind of drive that, and a lot of times the brain is the the, the money is the person that locates the key principles that have to sponsor that debt um, and make sure they get compensated and make sure that the earnest money deposit gets produced and things like that. So the money person's responsible for all that side of it and also responsible for assembling the equity, uh, which is where the, and, and if you, if you start to see this, the seats on the bus are kind of holding hands while they're riding on the bus. Mm-hmm. Cause there's a, there's a seamless transition that goes. It's not, I mean, we used to do a thing where it would just leave the acquisitions department and go into the underwriting department. And then the acquisitions was department was supposed to go off and find another one. We found it better to have kind of a gray area between the seats because it enables transition. Right. Yep. Um, and so the money person is somewhat involved in the underwriting of the deal because, like, I know I think we need to get it a 15% IRR. I think it needs to be a 12. I think it is, whatever. And they helped structure that business plan, right? Um, and that. So the money person is the one that uh, goes out, takes that business plan, and puts it on the street to uh, to investors and to to, uh, to to lenders to fund the deal, right? Um, and then, in, in essence, uh, don't don't let this go to Justin's head here. But the, <laughs> the, there's the fourth seat on the bus, which is the most I think in some ways the most important part of the bus because just went to a because set. yeah, no, just, yeah, just went to a he just, just, he just like did like a fist pump, So anyway, the reason why the, the fourth <laughs> seat's the most important is because if you've got what do you got? You got a deal. You got a business plan. You got a ton of money behind it. 
all that's theory, yeah. right? Yeah. All that's theoretical. Um, and the, the, the fourth seat is where the rubber hits the road, which is where implementation happens mm -hmm. and where all that becomes reality. You know, the, the money gets injected, the, uh, the business plan gets implemented Absolutely. and that property gets turned into the ugly duckling gets turned into the swan. Right. right? right. Um, and that is where that is the, 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 some folks would call it the asset manager. I call it just like, I, I like to have fun. It's called the hammer, right? Mm -hmm. right. Cause sometimes there's a certain personality that's required um, you know, on a team that's willing to kind of like, you know, browbeat things into submission and kind of like, you know, pound that iron in, into, you know, in, into a piece of steel that we need to use to forge it. Right. Um, and again, go back, going back to holding hands on the bus, it's important for that. We didn't used to do this. To, we used to bring the asset manager in day of closing, right? right. Yes. Um, as soon as the property, Justin's like, yes, you did. <laughs> I remember and, those and days. I hated that. But now, but Justin actually was the one that, that like raised his hand in the air and said, hey, listen, wouldn't it be great if I kind of helped write that business plan teller making over there instead of giving me this just big bag of, just bag of like, hey. like, oh, hey, you know what? I can't do that business plan. No, because it was, you know it was like, uh, this was awesome. The kid this isn't going to happen. In the life cereal right. commercial, give it to Justin. Justin can do anything. That's right. Justin made yeah. it. He'll like it. Hey, Mikey. Right. Yeah. But we found, we found out, and we grow and you learn lessons, right? Yeah. So we found yeah. out as we grew that it was important to have that uh, the, the, the hammer in the conversation as soon as a property gets, as soon as it gets real, like an LO, an LOI gets created or whatever, it's soon, asset manager at least be aware. Yeah. You know, hey, we got a fish on. And then as that business plan gets created for the asset manager to have a big hand in that business plan because they're the one that has to implement it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, listeners of the show know that that's what this whole show is about is yeah. asset management. And so that's what we, we talk really in depth on. And I just actually launched a, a episode all about business planning a few, a few weeks back. So check that one out if you missed it. All about business planning Who's on Diamond Ridge. What's that? Who's the guest? No, it's me. Just you. I just, just me. He, I don't need a guest on that one. Yeah. Just me. <laughs> I took that one solo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just talked through the whole process of writing that business plan. Yeah. And yes, I, I absolutely agree. Um, as I said on that show, the asset manager has to be involved from the very early stage. Even yes. even to that point, you know, this week, um, Irve and our acquisitions guy, uh, or sorry, Irve is our acquisitions and our underwriter, um, we yeah. all got on a call and we were talking about another property that I might go see next week. Right. And we talked through, well, okay, well, what if we went and we did a heavy value add? What right. does that look like? Right. Um, or what if we just went with a lighter value add? What could we pay? And, and how does that work? And, right. And Okay, well, actually, we can offer a million dollars more if we offer if right. we do this approach. So, still wasn't enough money, though. No, still, yeah, not enough. Not enough. No, not if we want to get the returns that we want. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that little right. bit of collaboration, yeah. you know, if that did work, it's like okay, we just in a ten-minute call, Absolutely we're right. able to offer a million dollars more with a di totally different approach yeah. than what the underwriter had in mind the first time around, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, so it's so beneficial for all of us to just stay, you know, connected and and work together. And so, Matt, I think you hit on a really great formula here with the four seats on the bus. And this yeah. is something that, you know, we talk about on DeRosa Insiders a lot. Yeah. And uh, for the, those listeners to the show, um, hear our promo every week on DeRosa Insiders. And we absolutely think you should join us there uh, if you haven't yet. But uh, I want to get into something that I think was really cool that happened to us about a month ago where we were all at the property, Diamond Ridge, 
and I realized we, you know, normally like Matt's raising money or everybody's finding deals or I'm off doing my asset management. We were all at the property doing our jobs all at the same time, yeah. right? Yeah. So we had this huge yeah. investor event, yeah. right? <laughs> so we had people that had already invested, but yeah. of course we want them to invest more. So Matt's got his like schmoozing hat on and we're doing events and, you know, we're raising money right. still for this deal. Hello, my baby. Hello. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I'm running around with the property managers and the contractors and cutting trees and, and you know spending money left and right, right? And Irve goes out and looks at 14 new properties for us to go to, for us to buy. Right, right. So all in the same day, all Irve, in the same town. But I love that, like. You know, we we can all sometimes work separately, but then we come together and it's like, oh, here's the day we're all traveling to North Carolina. We're all going to get to work. We've all got stuff to do. And it was a massive success. And I can't wait for the next time we're all down there again. Yeah. So I just I just thought that was really cool that and our know. our brain was involved even yes. though he wasn't with us he was involved because as I'm visiting these 14 properties I'm texting him the numbers yeah, he helped to make the list too he helped to make that list yeah and then, like he did the market research and kind of like set you up for success and that's said, right like hey listen the, Check uh, out and these. that's what's great about folks that, that yeah. are good analysts like that they they can hop into a market and say um, you know if you if you pick a, that's what's also what's beautiful about pick a specific market and also by having a great analyst on your team because once you pick a market. And like, okay, Winston-Salem, that's where we're going to drop our parachute right now. And we want to, you know, expand quickly there. So he's able to, our analyst is able to look at that marketplace and say, okay, these properties have been owned for a long time. And it looks like they're, you know, undercapitalized and underutilized and whatnot, whatever. Okay, everybody, so go drive them, right? Right. Um, If we're playing in like 30 cities across the continental U.S. or whatever, the youth, nobody's gonna have the time to drill into a market like no, that. Absolutely you know? not. Absolutely so, not. Nor yeah. develop the relationships. I mean, yes, you know. Listen, you said it well. We have these four individual silos, but at the same time, we're four individual silos that are on the same team, right? Yeah. We play on the football field really at the same time. Everyone has their positions, but we don't move the ball forward unless you know we break from huddle and saying, okay, this is how we're gonna run the play, so to speak, right? And so, you know, that's why like you said, there's shades of gray between each of us. I mean, so now as I go ahead and I survey a market, I survey a property, it's, I can't think about just the market and the property alone. I got to think about, okay, is Matt going to be able to go ahead and raise equity from the investor base that I know that we deal with. Yes. I have to think about, will our brain be able to go ahead and generate the kind of returns that we are looking for from our investors? Um, is this something that he's going to be able to package? He's going to be able to look well. I also have to think about for Justin, Hey, listen, do we have, is there a great property manager in this particular city? Yep. And, and let me tell you, that's one of the first boxes I go to before I even start to assess the city, because if there is not, now I'm wasting my time. I don't even need to go forward. So I just want you guys to know that I keep all three of you in mind as I go pursuing these cities, going pursuing these markets and these and these properties. Because if 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 one of those don't fit, if I'm going after you know, 600 unit property, you know, I, I got to think about, was Matt going to be able to raise a number? You know, <laughs> yeah. are we collectively going to be able but to raise a number? you call me. Right? And, that, and right. when, when we put a three, when we started looking at a 334, Right, right or three thirty six. Yeah. Right, you guys called me up. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember that conversation. You <laughs> yes. and Kevin Dean uh, yeah. called me up and said, "Hey, man, you know, <laughs> well, we yeah. got this we building. Got, 
Right. Hey. And I think we're I think we can get close to asking on this thing, but it's uh, going to require you to raise like twelve million dollars. What right. do you think? Right. Yeah. And and uh, and, and we had a conversation about it. Yeah. And uh, and I think that it's important on a team to not operate silos or anything like that, as, as larger corporate companies do, where it's like, oh, that's not my department. Right. right. Mm-hmm. You cannot have that mentality on a right. small in a small mm-hmm. business. No you have to collaborate. And that's why it was important for you guys to call me up and say, hey, is this possible? And not just as a leader of the team about like, hey, you're the capital raiser guy. Right. How are we going to assemble the capital on this? And I, I, I knew that we had not had a large deal in a long time. And I think that we had a lot of pent up demand. We're just we're just coming out of the heavy part of COVID, yep. right? Yep. Um, and so the timing seemed right to stretch ourselves as a company and get into a bigger acquisition. Yeah. Um, and I knew you were going to say yes. Yeah. What did he ever say? Yeah. No, no, never that's too no. big. I said, no, I have. I, I, yeah, I've, I've, I've been. <laughs> has called me about stuff that was like, hey, I got this fifty million dollar deal or whatever. Ben Rister came out. He had a hundred and thirty million dollar deal one time, Ooh. and I said, Hi, ah, Ben. Oh that's a, man, that's a lot we're not, we're not doing that. Not bike. doing that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day, my friend, but not well, today. One day. But yeah, but so so I do say no sometimes. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm I'm an excitable guy, but I do say no sometimes. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I do remember that conversation, and it was it was a good conversation. But I knew it would be a stretch. Yeah. I knew that Diamond Ridge would be a big stretch for us, but I knew we were ready. I felt like our team had uh, aligned around, and we had a, a team that was that was synergized better than it had ever been in the past. Yeah, and so I knew that with our team, if everybody played the right way, I, I wasn't sure how it was going to come about, but I knew that it would. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know and I, you, you and I said that in hindsight, you know. There were moments where I couldn't, where we, we knew that we couldn't speak negative about it, but we were all where I had our doubts. I think, oh, yeah. But we couldn't say it. We yeah, couldn't say absolutely. It. I think we all smart <laughs> oh, enough not to, yeah. t- not to say our doubts out loud, right. but we were, you know. We hang up the like, phones yeah, like these motherfuckers. Damn, they're damn mine. I don't know where this, I don't know if <laughs> right. this is going to go. These dudes are um, crazy. We ain't never going to finish but this. But we, we stayed positive. <laughs> we stayed positive and we, got, and we closed it. You know, we did. That's the end of the day. We, I believe, man, for what we went through this summer, uh, in working on that deal, closing that deal, man, we we I believe we grew together. Mm-hmm. We grew yeah, closer yeah. together, man. Mm-hmm. We were in the damn trenches because it was not smooth sailing at times. No, you know, it was no. some bumpy roads. But we didn't. Tough to, raise, tough to raise equity during COVID, Woo! and and that and that yeah. seller was one of the one of, of if the, not the most. The, the, I, I've had one uh, other difficult uh, seller. Yeah, um, it was actually the one right before this one. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I've had you know very two very very difficult sellers. This guy probably was more difficult uh, as I think about it. In the, uh, and uh, in, in that and so extremely difficult seller and right. um, and uh, you know raising money in an uncertain time you know during COVID. Uh, yeah, and we had to change our game a few times. We had yeah. to keep like you know. Okay, let's let's pivot. Let's try this. Let's try that. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, you know, maneuvered around and got there. Um, but it's only through supporting each other, having a lot of team calls, and, and not just leaving it up to one person to figure it out. Just having a lot of open conversation about how can we? Yeah, you know? I, I think the yeah. best thing that we did was the four of us started an eight a.m. call yeah. every single weekday. That was on you, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I'm uh, not going to take credit or blame for that because yeah, yeah. you know, no, but, that was but thing, absolutely though. was a critical point to our success because yeah. we look at where we were. We were all starting to feel a little uncertain. You know, property managers changing, the the markets changing. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about uh, that. Right. There's so many things that I forgot about. That was not top of my mind. We're learning. You know, due diligence. We're learning about roof expenses we hadn't planned. Like all these things start happening. 
happening, and yeah. we're all sort of property gets hit by an earthquake. Yeah, literally an earthquake, <laughs> yeah, right? right. Yeah. So we went through a lot. So at some point, uh, fairly early corn, on, we said, "Look, corn. there's so many moving pieces. There's so many different things that we're doing. Let's get together every day. And you know what? We know we need to all commit to a time yeah. where we know we can make it. So we said, "Let's put it before our workday, eight o'clock. Yeah. You know, and we all sacrifice. You know, kids and family time and and all that in the yeah, mornings can be too. tough. And yeah. we just we got it together and and it met was good early. In the beginning. It was good in the beginning, but I eventually got booted off that call um, <laughs> because, and it's not like, you know, Matt adds no value. It wasn't like that. It was just, we figured out that there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Mm, yeah. um, the, like once we got our feet underneath us. And I think that for the first month or so, we had to have that yes. to have Contract. our feet underneath us, yeah, right? Yeah. To get uh, to get ourselves on the same page. But once we had that, we real. I realized. I think a lot of all of us realized that, like having that many voices on a call, it's like it becomes a point of having to discuss every little minute thing, and all right. of us needed to have an opinion about mm-hmm. it and everything like that. Right. And and that call turned into like an hour a day. You know, it and was. it's like, yeah. whoa, let's pull it back a little bit. And yeah, you know, it's not. I would just talk to Justin offline, and he would mm-hmm. update me on what was going on. And maybe about once a week, I would join the call. Right. 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 Um, but. In the beginning, it was important to do some forming as a team. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Uh, just to get on the same page yeah, and make sure we got our marching as, orders. Right, right. But stuff. once once we were beyond that, it it was you know, and, and into a little more smoother waters was important to just, you know, keep the call a little bit leaner yep. um, and everything like that. And just allow me to focus on equity and focus on raising and everything, you know, too. Yep. So. Yep, 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 yep. No, it's uh it, listen, it's it, it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh, I, it's you, fun it, looking you, back. Yeah, now. right. It's fun looking back. That's that's what it <laughs> no, is. You know, you, you you watch all these like thirty for thirty specials, whatever, and you you know listen to you know teammates that might have been on a, on a on an Olympic team together, and it was a once in a lifetime. I'm not saying this is a once in a lifetime, but you know, <laughs> but they they just cherish the memories for what it it they yeah. went through in order to win a championship, right? Yeah. In order to win a title. And yeah. uh and they will tell you that it wasn't easy and you know, we got bumped and we got bruised, but <laughs> you know, we, we 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 pulled it across the goal line, so to speak. Yeah. We did. You know? All right, so I'm going to move to to the last section here because uh, we have uh, this is going to be one of our longest episodes. I appreciate you guys. Super size episode. Had to have you on and, and dig in on all the team stuff. We talked about. I scoffed internally when you told me this episode was going to be 30 minutes. Yeah, uh, I was like, ha. <laughs> but is this number 50 for you? This is going to this is going to be number 50. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, Congratulations. Uh, very excited yeah. about that. So episode 50. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers guys. Yes. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, so we talked about you know starting with the mantra. Matt's mantra literally formed around the table of transforming lives. Uh, how that translates to creating win wins for tenants. Um, we talked about uh, Matt being a horrible boss. I wrote that down. Yeah. Um, but really, you no know, successful companies. But a good leader. Good leader. Oh, I, I didn't write that part down. I don't know what happened. Matt just wrote down Matt's a horrible boss. Good night. That's all I heard. That's all I heard. Good night. I'm gonna get you that for a T-shirt for Christmas, Matt. Right. Horrible boss. Get him the with your face on it, with your face right. on it. Give him um, the DVD, horrible boss movie. But, you know, we I love talking about, you know, the four seats on the bus because it really helps. Even if you're syndicating yourself or you're just getting into multifamily, to think about the project as each of those four phases and, and not forgetting, not letting any of those balls drop. There's so much to do. You know, I did my own 40 unit, as you guys know, and, and I had to do all of those seats. And so uh, for anyone going through that, you you know, learn from Irve, learn from Matt, mm. learn from an underwriter because uh, each of those areas of expertise is so, so important to the overall deal. So finally, before we go, uh, we're starting a new segment called the True Multifamily Tip. So, ah. 
So I need, uh, listen, you're, you guys are just a tip. Just a tip. Oh my God. All right. I so you guys are. I told you this is true. Uh, yeah, yeah. There was no, it's nothing to that's just, just a tip. Yeah, that's exactly. A tip. So Seth you're talking Hills. to, I know Matt gets this a lot. Uh, someone new in, in the apartment space is saying, hey, uh, I'm going to go buy an apartment building. Uh, do you have any tips? What is the number one thing that, that you want to tell someone that's getting into this space? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> done. Stay home. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wait a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, no, it's, I, I think there's, there's two ways you can get in the space. All joking aside, right? Um, I think that you can. Uh, I don't believe that in today's marketplace, and man, you hear of people that were able to do this, but I think this is they were a fluke. Um, I don't think that one will walk out the door uh, and, and get into real estate and go buy a one, two, three hundred unit apartment complex as their first deal. I know people would love to. Um, but I think, first of all, there's a misconception about apartment buildings. So they're just ATM machines that spit mm-hmm. out million dollar checks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the case. It's a lot of, a lot of work and there is a lot of knowledge that it takes and a lot of, um, you know, just industry, in, industry knowledge and, and, you know, experience that it takes to run a mid-sized apartment complex, right? Regardless of which guru class you went to, you know, yep. um, they're, they're, you're not going to get it all in a guru weekend, right? And so you, a lot of it has to be hands-on tactile experience and learning. So two options, you either need to start small and my, I tell everybody, double your portfolio every time you do a deal. So go to, you know, do a two unit, then a four, then, then eight, then 16, then 32, 64, right? And so <laughs> keep that going for as long as you can and double up every time you do a deal. That's one way to do it because each of those deals will be a really good classroom and there's a whole level of learning as you scale up, right? And you could probably raise a lot of your own capital that, you know, well, under your own umbrella that way. That's what I did. Or you can join a team um, and you can find an existing real estate team and find a way that you add value to them. So you say, okay, I'm a, I think I'm a really good underwriter. I think I'd be really good at finding deals. I'd be really good at being an asset manager, browbeater, hammer person, or I could raise money for somebody, whatever it is. Approach someone that's an existing syndicator and say, hey, this is what I can do. Can I get a seat on your bus or at least let me sit next to the person that's in the seat on your bus and learn a little bit and, and maybe showing a value to you that, that I could be an asset on your team and eventually maybe splinter off into your own deals. Um, but I, I think that, that those are the two ways to success that I know of for folks that want to get into multifamily. I know nobody wants to hear that because people are like, no, wait, I took a, you know, let's, I won't name any names, but I took a guru weekend and they said I could go out and buy a 200 unit apartment building, mm-hmm. right? right, right. Yeah, I'm sure they did. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure you're $10,000 check Cheaper. you gave them cleared, right? So, yeah. Um, and that, but I think that from a reality standpoint, it's, it's uh, you either need to scale or join to, to multifamily. That's mm-hmm. my advice. That's yeah. my that's my tip. That's a great true multifamily tip, Matt. I joined. You joined. Yeah. I joined. You joined. Yeah. I joined. Yeah. 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 I, 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 you, were try, you were trying. I was to, trying, man. To get I was in. trying. You were trying to get in and do your own thing. And yeah. you saw you had the, the stride. I've talked to you offline. Yeah. You had the, like, man, this is not working. I'm trying to scale up. <laughs> trying to make this happen. <laughs> trying to this, trying right. to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, I but I mean, like, in joining, it was a win-win, right? Absolutely. I mean, look, now you, you're part owner of a 336-unit apartment complex in North Carolina, right? Look, yeah. look, look at you now, right? I know, yeah. And you added, you added value to our team. We would not be where we are without you, right. you know? Thank you. And I wouldn't um, be where I am without you Right, guys. so it's win-win. Right. Some, it's, right. it's a win-win relationship. Hell and yeah. I think that, that people look at joining as selling out, and it doesn't have oh, to be that way, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I Listen, my tip would be, and, and I appreciate the time, Justin, is um, – and, and I'll be a little bit more focused from the acquisition side. I had said this before, but uh, folks are always, I'll, 
if I can, I'll slide in two tips. Sorry, two tips. All right. One, Uh-oh. one. You're coming back on the show, so don't <laughs> yeah, forget. I'm going to hit you again. Well, 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 this, this is easy. <laughs> Educate yourself. Educate yourself, right? Even though what Matt's point in regards to, um, you know, doubling the amount of, of, of doors that you're going to be getting in every, adju- uh, uh, every acquisition that you're going to make, educate yourself. So many books, um, Raising Private Capital, uh, so, <laughs> many, <laughs> so, so many YouTubes, Bigger Pockets, uh, and so on and so forth. So educate yourself a lot. There's a lot of shiny nickels out there in real estate. There's a lot of different um, uh, real estate strategies, value, appreciation, uh, different markets, and so on and so forth. So that would be my tip is education. Number two, specifically to acquisitions, is um, develop relationships. This is a relationship business more than anything else, right? Matt will tell you that specifically dealing with investors. Justin will tell you that dealing with property managers um, and so on. And, you know, our brain will tell you that in talking to his spreadsheets every night. And so, <laughs> you know, but, but develop relationships with brokers by, and, and the, the summary is put together a little bit of pitch book of what your current portfolio looks like, even if you can um, talk about some proof of funds and things like that, and really get specific as to the markets that you are targeting and even the properties that you are targeting, and that if it became available, that you'd be willing to go ahead and pull the trigger right away. You got to get into um, the, the, the Rolodex of these commercial brokers that are going to be willing to pick up the phone and call you when something that comes across their table fits your criteria because otherwise you're just going to be another voicemail in their voicemail yep. box. Build the relationships. Yep. I love it. Thank well you done. guys well so said. much. Both of you guys for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Didn't get too much heat from you guys. Just a little bit. That was yeah, good. I was yeah, expecting a little bit more. more. I'm a little I, I, disappointed. I ran out early. Wow. All right. So, Matt. Hey, it's been uh, an honor personally to oh, be here as your 50th you. episode. I appreciate that. That's really cool. Who else would I want to do 50 with? I love that we had a little little, little sipping. Yeah, absolutely. A nice celebration. I mean, what do you do yeah. after um, this? You can't do another podcast. I'm done. I'm signing off. got to sign off. Sailing off into the sunset. Exactly. That's it. Going out on top. Dropping the mic at 50. That's it. I'm done. 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 <laughs> uh, we have another great 50 shows and more coming over the next year, so stay tuned. But uh, yeah, guys, listen, thanks for coming on. Um, Wish you a lot of luck, man. Thank you. Wish I want to give you a second going. to promote yourselves where we can find out more about each of you. Irve, tell us about what you got going on. Well, uh, every Wednesday, you can find me here at the Hive. But also, you can find me. Uh, on Thursday uh, afternoons at 12 o'clock on DeRosa Insiders. As like I said earlier, we'll be talking to a guest speaker from a different market um, every week. Uh, on top of that, you can um, you might run into me looking into different properties at different markets in North Carolina and elsewhere. Um, but um, also on email, h.francois.providencecapital.org. There you go. Absolutely. Thank and you, Matt, sir. what do you want to promote today? <laughs> <laughs> it's all on our website. Folks that want to learn about us, that want to hear about investing with us, that want to join us for education services, or that want to pick up a copy of my book, can all just go to derosagroup.com, D-E-R-O-S-A group.com, uh, derosagroup.com. They can even join insiders at derosagroup.com forward slash insiders, and they can join me, Justin, and Hervé, and get an inside look at the, the day-to-day of a real estate company, um, including acquisitions that we're doing, and picking our brain on a weekly basis absolutely all right guys hey thanks for coming on the show we'll see you next time thank you justin thanks for listening to another episode check out our website at truemultifamily.show and if you have an amazing story to tell share it on our facebook community and you might just be the next guest on the show 
We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily. I'm really, really proud to have this show produced by our company, On Air Brands. Check us out at onairbrands.com. We also have an incredible, unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of. Check that out at podmax.co.